take the first step to invest in your future. Explore SP Jane's 18-month part-time executive MBA designed for busy working professionals like you. To know more about the program, the scholarships we offer, and about our October 2019 intake, visit www.svjane.sg/emba. Innovation actually doesn't reside in an individual, nor does it really reside in a specialism. Innovation is created; it's the spark where two different people collide. More often than not, it's bringing different ideas, different perspectives, different frames of reference, and philosophies together to recombine something that was old in your world to be something new in the in the new world. I really feel that now we've actually got the opportunity to bring what is important to us personally into our professional lives because they've been very separate to now, and, they, and the lines are, are getting fuzzier and fuzzier. And so we can follow our curiosity and evolve, and I guess just go with the journey. Hello, welcome to the Leaders of Learning podcast. I'm your host, Ling Ling. The Leaders of Learning podcast is a show that explores learning in the 21st century with educators, leaders, and entrepreneurs from around the world. Check out our website on www.leadersoflearning.asia. You can also follow us on our social media on Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. development used to be a straightforward and predictable path. If you had chosen a degree in accounting, you'll become an accountant. If you chose a degree in medicine, you'll eventually become a doctor. In recent years, we see careers such as social media manager, data scientist, blockchain developer, fintech, AR artist, and many more. They emerge where no degree had existed could prepare anyone for. No longer are careers about climbing ladders; rather, it has become a mosaic of skills and interests. A hybrid of multiple skill sets converged to create new roles that never existed before. Therein lies endless possibilities in shaping one's career. Here to help us make sense of this new paradigm of career development is Philippa Penfold, or simply known as Pip. Pip has 20 years of corporate HR experience before embarking on her hybrid career journey. In the course of Pip's HR work, she spent endless hours supporting the learning and development of employees, and has seen the change from career ladders to hybrid careers firsthand. Today, Pip brings together HR and tech through research and education to help HR build future workplaces we all want to work in. Welcome to the show, Pip. Thanks. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how did you get to where you are today? I discovered HR purely by accident and loved it, and so delved into the developing my specialist expertise in the field for about twenty years. Until what, it was three years ago now, I realised that this is not the way to continue my evolution, my career, or my、um, professional evolution. So I started looking broader, and hence started developing my own hybrid career. And、uh, here I am today. Can you share a little bit more about what happened three years ago that made you realize that 
career development isn't as what you thought it would be. So I, I can speak specifically for human resources, which is my area of expertise. A couple of indicators. The first one was the jobs were not changing very quickly. I was looking around, marketing was changing rapidly, IT was changing rapidly, many jobs were tra- changing very quickly, human resources was barely changing at all. Uh, you know, I looked at sort of senior HR roles and with exception of about 10%, they barely changed from a decade previously. So I realized I was working myself to obsolescence and I looked further afield to think, okay, well, where can I evolve to? Because clearly staying in this specialism is not going to maintain my employability in the longer term. And really, I followed my nose. I followed my curiosity. I followed my interest. I found myself in events where I, I honestly, I, I didn't understand anything they were talking about except the introduction. <laughs> and that was the people introduction, not the topic. Because, <laughs> you know, putting myself out into very different spaces, mostly in the technology space. I've seen some HR people sort of evolve in, in other adjacencies. Coaching is very common. Counseling also happens, but coaching. It was not my thing. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it wasn't my thing. So, but tech was definitely my thing. So, yeah, it was following curiosity. So now, what the role that you're doing, and if you could explain a little bit more, is merging HR with tech. Is that what you're doing now? Yes, but not in so far as HR technology. Mm-hmm. So what I recognise is that HR people, we don't get tech. Generally speaking, we just don't get tech. It has never really formed part of our lives. There's no sort of basic understanding for national knowledge for technology. And when we look at HR tech, we only see the tool. We don't understand the technology beneath it. So we're very poor consumers and customers for H- for technology for our function. So I decided that what I needed to do and what I wanted to help people in my profession do was to become better educated about technology so that they are able to have, you know, good conversations with IT people, vendors, understand the tech underneath, not just how pretty the tool looks and what else it can do. So that's what I'm doing at the moment is helping HR people understand technology. So your own career development is really interesting because you've been in HR for the longest time and decided that it's not going anywhere and you want to somehow be involved in tech. In your words, how can you describe career development today? And what does it involve? Yeah, so a couple of things. First of all, the concept of career. The concept as it stands is of a singular area of expertise. When we talk about a career, we automatically think of a a single specialism. You know, so I was, my career was in HR. The, The thought that it was in anything else doesn't really resonate. So career by definition in some ways is actually a single specialism. And we need to move away from that. The development of how you go about developing a special, a single specialism versus multiple is very, very different. And it's not to say to, you know, to be um, jack of all trades and master of none. That's, that's not what I, what I suggest. The hybrid notion is a combination of two different things. So it, it's really bringing uh, two different ideas to, or two different areas together into one. It's, I know it sounds awful, but when, when you breed a hybrid animal, it's usually a cross between two, you know, specialist breeds, you know, like Labradoodles. Well, no, Labradoodle, you know, Labrador and a poodle. It's, ah, they are. I didn't even know they exist. Yeah, Labrador. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that's just a yes I'm a labradoodle but my career might be so but I then, learned something new today labradoodle caboodle <laughs> there's so many everyone's crossing with poodles nowadays <laughs> but the idea that you need to blend a single a deep specialism with something else I think is really important so I chose technology as the other area I wanted to start to specialize in but it's not just that I am so I'll never be better than a technology specialist in technology, maybe in 20 years, but I doubt it very much. Mm -hmm. What I do specialise in is bringing HR and technology together. There's not just the concepts and the knowledge, but the people, the language, the network. So if you think about all that we are as, as a specialist, we have our own language. We have our own vernacular. There is our own um, lexicon. And when you go into different groups, they all have very different languages. You know, the, the vernacular lexicon they use, very, very different. Mm -hmm. If you're going to cross both, if you're going to become a true hybrid and bring both together, be the pure mixture, you need to speak both languages. You need to be able to bridge the network and you need to be able to bridge the knowledge. So there's more than just knowing knowing your stuff. You've got to be able to speak the language and understand the people and be able to, to help almost translate. If I can give you an example of the challenges of, of this, I remember in my early career I was helping an IT guy. So this is going, this is another 20 years ago. I don't want to count. It's a long time ago. <laughs> and he worked for IBM and he had a great idea about what he wanted to do with technology, HR tech. So we got together in normal startup land. You know, we both did our normal job and then we got together in his apartment and worked it until we were basically too tired to work anymore. And we were young, so that was usually pretty late and a lot of pizza later. But I remember working with him and it took nearly three months for of us almost every other day, working together in the evenings to actually start understanding each other, really wow. understanding each other, because we just came from different worlds. You know, yeah. even if I, we were both, clearly we both spoke English, but what was behind a sense, you know, if I said X, his context for X may have been A, B, Z. My context for X was Y and Z. You know, so the idea that it was rooted in was very different. The principles, the ethos, the ideas that the, what I was saying was rooted in was very, very different. So the way he heard it and the way that idea manifested in his mind was extremely different to mine. And so the importance of being able to cross that language barrier, that translation barrier, you know, even though we're all speaking English, yeah. when it comes to bringing these different specialisms together mm -hmm. is really, really important. The idea of career mm -hmm. and being more than just the singular and think about it more as employability. And we can go into development more around the mosaic, but the idea that there is more to develop than just the knowledge and the skill set to be able to cross the boundary. This mindset of unique combinations of different kinds of knowledge space would have been more useful 10 years ago because coming out, if I said, oh, I studied engineering, but I switched to psychology, the general mindset in the workforce is like, oh, you cannot make up your mind. Yes, we've got a long way to go with this. And I've seen this from the inside of being in HR and how we treat people that have moved around. You can't make up your mind. You, It's and other things that are not as polite. <laughs> 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 um, but, do you know, I, I really think we're underestimating the fluidity, the different perspectives, the adaptability, the different mindsets that it develops, the appreciation for different ways of looking at things. It's still like we're stuck in the old way of appreciating career. Like you know, in the old days, 
you joined a company, you specialized in what you were doing, you did your uni, and the goal was to get the best, the deepest, the most expertise in that area, in that field. That was the old way of winning. So I think what I'm seeing is, you know, so obviously my career is over 20 years and, and the first 10 it was very much, you know, specialist, but it's been breaking down for the last, certainly over the last five, definitely. Between five to 10, I've seen it start to disintegrate as well. Yes, there are pockets that still appreciate the depth. That, that's what our parents told us. That's what everybody told us that we were supposed to do. It's how the system is it's built. A how, yeah, exactly. So the disintegration of the existing system is taking longer for a lot of us. We want to move into this space. A lot of people are either frustrated that they can't go much further and they've been specialising for 20 years and you're like, well, what am I going to do now? Because it's just, you know, it's like Groundhog Day. Or they've done different things and it's never been valued as being able to bring these things together. But I think I see two things that are going to shape that are changing this. One is technology and the speed of change that it is bringing about. So we all know that the speed of change has been increasing and it only will continue to do so. I think that people and companies that do not change now will be left behind. So it's arguable people who are developing hybrid careers or hybrid employability, if you will, are they early adopter or early majority? I think it depends on the job and it Mm -hmm. depends on the area. I still think some are mostly early majority and a few are early adopter. As an independent podcaster, I've dedicated hours and sweat to bring to you great content on professional and organizational development. I'm ever so grateful to be supported to keep the podcast show running. Let's take a break and hear from our partners. Have you been contemplating whether an executive MBA is the right career strategy to achieve your professional goals? Well, it's time you made that shift from being an individual contributor to a forward-looking leader. Go beyond domain knowledge and functional expertise to claim your leadership position. Start by exploring the 18-month part-time executive MBA at SP Jane School of Global Management. The SP Jane EMBA is designed to enable senior professionals like you acquire strategic business and leadership skills. It's part-time and flexible structure allows learning without interrupting your career. Study with highly accomplished and like-minded peers from diverse backgrounds and graduate with a globally recognized Australian degree. Want to know more? Visit www.spjane.sg emba to start shaping your future today. Let's get back to the show. So I still think it's relatively new, but with this pace of change of technology and how this is reshaping the workplace, I think that those who are changing now are going to be the winners at the end. Because while things seem, we're at that weird pace, we're actually straddling two industrial revolutions, if you like, this whole idea of 3.0, 4.0, whatever you want to call it. But we're in this state of flux right now and managing a a career or employability, lifetime employability in this era is very difficult to do because we feel that we're supposed to be doing something. We know that we're supposed to be doing one thing and yet the system has still not disintegrated sufficiently to allow us to do it well. So for example, like you said, you know, the way that people are promoted, the way that some companies are hiring, the way that it is favoring specialists, it's favoring 12, 15 hour days, you know, all this sort of stuff, single job, but that's not everywhere. And it's becoming fewer as time goes on. The other thing that I think that this is really going to change the notion of singular, you know, specialist versus multiple 
And that's around innovation. So anyone who studied innovation knows that innovation actually doesn't reside in an individual, nor does it really reside in a specialism. Innovation is created. It's the spark where two different people collide. More often than not, it's bringing different ideas, different perspectives, different frames of reference and philosophies together to recombine something that was old in your world to be something new in the, in the new world. This is changing quite things quite a lot because to out innovate is a huge competitive advantage. But you look at the most innovative groups. They are not homogenous groups. In fact, in each specialism, there's only usually one of each. There's no, there's, there might be an HR person, but there's not no more than one. There'll be multiple. They may have a common language or their ability to work well with other specialist, yeah, specialists, other functions, other competencies, people from different walks of life, if you will. Mm-hmm. That is their ability to bring out, to bring all that together. And that's where you see a lot of great innovations today. So I would imagine if I were to create a hybrid career for myself and I realized that being in a specialist position is no longer competitive for myself in the career long term. Where shall I go? What specialization (laughs) number two and number three shall I choose? And how can I start in creating or what shall I consider Mm -hmm. if I were to start my own hybrid career or hybrid learning? So the first thing, and I'm going to Talk to you as if you didn't know you did both psych and okay. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. So let's talk to everybody else. So I think the first thing to do is this is not about doing a lot. So the idea of having a single specialism versus two specialisms is very different. It's not the same as the enabling skills. We're not saying develop deeper hard skills or deeper soft skills. I hate those terms. They're so silly. They, they obfuscate the true nature of the skills themselves. But it's about being selective about where you are developing another specialist. So it's not about doing everything. So I wouldn't suggest more than two or three and building over time, you, you know, you need time to build a degree of specialism, a degree of expertise before you can go on to the next one. The first thing I think is, pardon me, I think people need to, uh, well, my recommendation, if anyone was going to do it, first of all, look at the adjacencies. Look at where your curiosity lies. Now, I shared that, you know, while I'm HR, a lot of people in my specialty area looked to coaching. That was the adjacency for them. It definitely wasn't mine. You know, tech was far more my adjacency. So look for the adjacencies uh, of where your curiosity exists because there's no point in learning something if you're not interested in it. Also have a look at the jobs. Think about the jobs and how they have evolved over time. Think about how where you think they may go to. And then do some some pretty wild thinking around what jobs could exist. I remember looking for something around cyborg psychology. I know it sounds really weird. But I <laughs> that wanted, sounds really cool, so, actually. Oh, yeah, doesn't it? So yeah. I thought AI. Okay, how do we help build the psychology in AI and work with people to work more from AI from a psychological perspective? That's what I was looking for. It doesn't exist yet. <laughs> I discovered, I looked everywhere and there's nothing that, I, it's all like in the future stuff. But you know, if, I mean, my, my job has been helping people in their work. If they've got to work with an artificial intelligence, guarantee they're going to have troubles with it. You know? yeah. But with humans long enough to know they're going to have problems. So how can I help them? So a lot of it is looking at the jobs, how they've evolved that are around you and adjacent to you. 
and or then a little bit of, I guess, blue sky thinking around what might change. The third thing I would do is to think about how you build your mosaic. But the how you're going to learn, how you're going to network, how you're going to involve yourself in the learning journey of developing it, because it's not something you've gone to an event or you've gone to a course and hey, presto, you're done. It's not even doing a tertiary thing. It really is that immersion, that full immersion and being at a be comfortable being a fish out of water because you, like I did at all the technology events, I felt like <laughs> I, I felt less capable than I did when I entered school because, you know, clearly I, you're not supposed to know anything then. Here I am at, you know, 40 and I'm supposed to know something. I still I have no idea what they're going on about. So you've got to be comfortable with that and be prepared to immerse yourself and then setting up a plan. So you need to not only know where your adjacency, where your curiosity is taking you and understand where that could go, both job change and, and future and building the development opportunities into your time. You need a plan to execute. And this is mostly because of the time it takes. These are not things that I would never suggest anyone take a random approach to this. Time is too precious. It'll be the people who manage their time most effectively who win in the end of developing hybrid careers because time is, you know, not increasing it, unfortunately, to be out. And until the rest of the system changes, we're still going to be expected or many of us are going to be expected at being in a job 12 hours a day, five days a week. So finding that time is going to be very difficult. So you need to be very focused and have a plan that you can execute over a number of years. It's like networking. You don't just build a network overnight. It takes years to build. Same with this. Oh, definitely. You've mentioned something about time and you mentioned something about being a fish out of water. And I can already foresee people who want to shift from singular career to hybrid career, they might face many challenges. Mm -hmm. What other challenges do you foresee that people might face when they want to switch from singular career to hybrid career? Yeah, I think the first, well, I'll speak personally, I guess. The first one is family expectations. <laughs> because, Don't we all yeah, have that? <laughs> because, do you know, I sort of feel sorry for parents because the world they grew up in and the world that they've, we are now trying to operate it, it's completely different. The rules don't apply anywhere near like they used to. I'm sure other generations have said this, but because of the pace of change, the rules are applying less and less. So it is very difficult doing what, you know, what doesn't make even make sense to your family, let alone not what they are supporting. So that is, that is a big, and then our own mind shift, the idea that we develop especially, you know, expertise over time. And we have to prioritize this. What, what we're doing by prioritizing this is prioritizing our employability. Because we've been raised at that idea that expertise in one is the way to win, even though we fundamentally know we still don't really do it comfortably. We still have that mindset where we still have to have that one really good thing that we're supposed to be able to do better than anybody else. So I think that's that's another thing that, that makes it really difficult. I think also the amount of learning opportunities. So I've talked about time as a resource. I still think it's the most important resource and being able to plan your execution. So there are a lot of freely available events. So here in Singapore, I've been making good use of SG Innovate. It's a deep tech sort of government-sponsored 
public can rock up. I understand about half of what's going on nowadays, and that's about <laughs> it, <laughs> depending on the topic. But it's a great way of immersing myself in the deep tech space for free. But there are meetups, there are LinkedIn groups, there are Facebook groups, there are the General Assembly groups. There's there's so many out there that you can get involved in because it's not just the fancy title or of the school, it's the network. It's being around the people who are talking the language you need to learn, that you're interested in learning. So I think being able to take it away from this formal education and understanding it more holistically is really important and difficult for a lot of us. I remember the shift we made in HR is with 15 years ago. We, we, the whole the, the cool thing was on-the-job training. <laughs> <laughs> feels like so old school now. And we really struggled. We, we wanted to systematize it. Yeah, you because know, of course, what does HR do? They, we put systems and rules around everything. Sorry about that. Um, but that's what we do. Yeah. So trying to create a system where people could use this was really, really tough. What were the outcomes? What were the inputs? Managers were completely confused. In fact, they were probably the only ones more confused than us. <laughs> <laughs> we just pretended that we knew what we were doing. So, But the, the time and the other financial resources – no company, very few companies are investing in education. Some are, but generally speaking, we're on our own. We've been on our own for a while. It's becoming more and more. And if, let's say, I sort of have a plan of wanting to embark on this hybrid career, what is it that we need to plan around the learning so that we can, you know, start our journey on this hybrid career? Yeah, I think it... it it's very difficult to put a, a blank sheet of paper out in front of anyone and with their own plan. Everyone has to do it themselves. Okay. Because you've got to work out, first of all, remember the curiosity. Where are you curious? What do you need to develop before you even de- decide how to develop it? Mm-hmm. People will need to decide what's more important. Time with family, time on study, time on, time on what? How much money is there to go around? You know, do we need to do something, pay a lot of money for a formal education or not? Is that not something that I need to do? It's not necessarily that people have to do it. It just depends on what is available for someone else to do, for someone to do. So I think, and this is why I love the idea of a mosaic. You know, a mosaic is, you could give Five people, exactly the same number and colour of tiles. So, you know, mosaics, it's all the little tiles that make a picture. Yeah. You could give everybody exactly the same number and colour of tiles and the picture they will create will be completely different. And I think this is the why I like the idea of developing a learning mosaic because it allows everybody, everyone's got different coloured tiles, but you can develop your own picture, one that works for you. You may be, you know, a good networker. You are more likely to want to do something in a classroom or in a group or in a meetup or a social occasion than something online. Not to say one is better than the other, and there's definitely opportunities for both. Yeah. The question is what works for that person. Right. So looking at the at holistic, understanding the expertise, the knowledge, the skills, the repetition, the language, the vernacular, the lexicon, the network, the, the people. Yes, we have a, a Uh, I guess, a network quotient and network capital. Whenever we go to a job, we bring our network with us. We can use it or not, you know, depending, but there's a value of that. So how are we developing it? It might be that actually that's what someone needs to develop most, being able to bring in other expertise. So I think it's hard to give a specific recipe. 
I think that people need to be more creative around what they're doing and move away from the education. It's really hard, you know. If I mean, you're very unique. The fact that you did a master's in psychology, <laughs> very unusual for someone who hasn't done. So if you ask most people, what are they going to do their master's in if they haven't done one already? You know, a lot, a lot of people just automatically do an MBA if they're in business. Yeah. Then they're mostly going to say a master's in what it is they're already doing. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. Um, yes. I've done the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way back way. So, you know, but what about something else? Mm-hmm. What about doing a postgrad diploma in something else? What about doing something online or an executive education in something else? I think there's stacks of stuff out there. Once you know where your curiosity lies, what resources you're willing to put into it and where you see the opportunities evolving, then I think it sort of narrows down what you've got and you can build your own mosaic, you can build your own picture from that. I like the idea of a learning mosaic and how that there isn't a recipe, there isn't a set plan on how to build a hybrid career because if there is a set plan, we'd all be stuck in a box we would limit our creativity, whereas the idea of a hybrid career means that we can have all sorts of combinations with our career and be as creative as we want to be, depending on where the job and the industry is going. And most importantly, you keep mentioning this, is your curiosity, which I I find that as if you are specialized in something for too long, sometimes the curiosity becomes less and less. And that. Well, Sorry, I'm talking about personal experience. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I can live without my curiosity because I'm curious. That's I try all sorts of things, including starting this podcast show and reaching out to people like you. So I've I've gained so much. You're for a prime being just, example. <laughs> what you've done is exactly. Yeah, it's really cool. If you have one advice for someone who wants to embark on a, a hybrid career, what would that advice be? I think you actually mentioned it already. It is the curiosity. Be curious and embrace your evolution. There is no more, you know, one definition of success. You you said put us in a box. I'm really sorry. HR, we've been doing that for years. It's so much more easy to control people when they're in a box. Because your job is to create boxes and put people in boxes. That's now the enemy. It's the enemy of innovation. It's the enemy of change, evolution. We need to embrace our own evolution. It's that moment that we feel ourselves, you know, dragging our feet, trudging to work. You know, there's just, this spark is gone. I know we talk, you know, purpose is all, you know, topic at the moment, but I really feel that now we've actually got the opportunity to bring what is important to us personally into our professional lives because they've been very separate to now. Mm-hmm. And the lines are, f- are getting fuzzier and fuzzier. And so we can follow our curiosity and evolve. And I guess just go with the journey. I guess the only end point is when we're, you know, our toes are turned up. <laughs> does, yeah. There is no, you know, there's no gold watch at retirement nonsense anymore. You know, not for our age group. That, yeah. That's gone. So, you know, going with that flow of constantly evolving, following our curiosity and taking opportunities, having the courage to take these opportunities, even when our family doesn't like it. <laughs> That's it. Just go with the flow. And if, you, if you're thinking, when should I do it? The answer is now. Just start. I think your words are just turn up are really spot on. Pick something and analyze. Make sure you're doing the right thing. But just start. You don't have to start big. But anyone who starts now 
I believe is at the front of the curve and will be better positioned later on. They have more opportunity to move to different roles, to do different things. They will be find they'll become more flexible, adaptable. You know, all these, you think agile. Oh, I was hoping we'd get through without using that horrible <laughs> word, overused word. But just start, just start. That's perfect. If our listeners would like to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Uh, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, yeah, LinkedIn email. I know it might be, it, it's, it's often got a lot of spam in there. People asking me for jobs. I, I think I'm going to help them get a job. <laughs> I can't help anyone get a job for the record. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn is an easy place to get in touch okay. with me. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Pip. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. That was Philippa Penfold, or also known as Pip. She is the founder of People Collider, with the mission to help HR to build future workplaces by bringing together HR and tech through research and education. We just spoke about developing hybrid careers. In our next episode, we'll speak to Steven Sutantro, a lifelong learning and multi-award educational technology coach with international certification from Google, Apple, National Geographic, and many more. Stephen will share his experiences in adopting technology for education. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. If you believe this podcast show will help a friend or family, please share this episode with them via social media or your podcast app. I'm your host, Ling Ling. Thank you for listening to the Leaders of Learning podcast. <laughs>